you're not you're not gonna like this, Eric. Mm-hmm. But while you were talking, I I don't know why, but I had the idea. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna make a discount code for people listening to our podcast right now. Oh my you're god! Me. You can't you stop giving away money. You just me. can't stop. You go to Wade's PHP right wrong? now. Use the, use the discount code PHP Ugly to get seventy five dollars off your ticket price. Uh, to add to add eighteen percent to your me. handling fee. Hello, you're listening to PHP Ugly episode 115. I'm John Congdon, and with me is Tom Rideout. Hey, hey! And Eric Van Johnson. Hello, hello, hello! Oh my gosh, it feels like it's been forever since we did one of these things. That's been it a couple has of weeks. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, two weeks for you guys, and then I missed the one prior, so it's been like three weeks for me. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. You just went yeah. MIA on us. We, we had no idea where you were, what happened to you. We, there was a pool going, or whether or not you were dead in a ditch somewhere. Pool yeah. and hopeful thoughts. I, but... I was hoping I won that one. I, I so much had so had so much money on me being dead that night. <laughs> yeah, it has been a while. Then uh, I guess last week, Thomas in, in the eleventh hour, literally in the eleventh hour, decided he was not feeling well. So yeah, sick as well, a d- dog. It didn't help that you were in, you were in Chicago as well. I was in Chi Town. Yeah, I, I was willing to try to record. We decided a while back that the next time Thomas calls in sick, that John and I would go ahead and record without him, just to break Thomas's streak of not missing a podcast. Which, in hindsight, I'm pretty sure Thomas had missed one of the earlier podcasts, but I haven't gone back through and confirmed that yet. Anyways, I would have done that last week, but I ended up in Chicago. I was really concerned about the hotel Wi-Fi. It was going to be... All three of us, I wasn't going to worry about it because I'd just be quiet and let you two talk. But with the idea of it just being you and I, I was like, nah, probably should just pass. Plus you're having fun drinking with other people. I was I was drinking with actually some talented developers for a change. What? Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Sorry. I saw that you were hanging out with the Freak. Frick. Yes, we had a, we had a great... Great time, actually. Yeah, we, we closed the hotel bar. We got kicked out of the bar. And, um, yeah, we had a good time. Lots of talking. I guess we should I guess we should circle back to why you were in Chicago. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, we can. You want to start with that or you want to? You we can start with that. Yeah, why yeah. not? We're talking about yeah. it. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, it was just literally a last-minute thing. Been Saying, I, I don't even think we'd been talking about it much on the show that Laracon had been coming up, but um, I've been asked a few times whether or not I was going on Twitter, and uh, I had decided to skip it this year. Just too much going on with work, with scheduling Wave PHP. I just didn't know if I would be free when Laracon came around, and um, you know, as it turned out, if I if had I wanted to, I could probably have squeezed it in, but. You know, I didn't. I didn't know this when tickets were on sale for Larry Khan and they had to do all the planning and stuff. And and I actually wasn't terribly interested in going to Larry Khan this year. Um, but the la- literally the last minute, uh, my friends over at Larry Chat Live called me. My buddy up in Vancouver, Sean, called me up, said, "Eric, man, I came across this ticket for Larry Khan. Is there any chance at all you can be in Chicago?" And I'm like, I turned to my wife. I'm like. Honey, you gotta promise I'll go to Chicago. She's like, when? I'm like, tomorrow. She's like, okay, have a good trip. (laughs) (laughs) Which was a little alarming. I mean, she almost seemed excited about it, but. (laughs) So yeah, sure enough, I, uh, I jumped on a, 
jumped on a plane and headed out to Chicago. And I have to say, pretty happy I did. I, I didn't regret the decision one bit. Props to, to Sean for getting me the ticket. Um, props to the person who actually gave me the ticket who whose name I don't have queued up right now. Uh, super, super nice guy. Uh, he bought the ticket and just couldn't use it. And so it, it was it was nice of him to give it to me. I, I got to tell you guys, you know, we've talked about it in the past, of, about occasionally going to a conference and having somebody approach you and say, hey, I listened to your show. I appreciate you know, your show. I had that happen to me more at this Laracon than any anywhere else. Really? I've had so, I had so many people come up to me. Now, I think a couple of them uh, recognized me from Chat live, but uh, there was a strong contingency of PHP ugly people, and everybody got tickets. Everybody got tickets. Everybody got stickers uh, who who mentioned PHP ugly to me, and it was funny because. I had one person come up to me and said, um, I didn't see you, but I heard you talking and I recognized the voice. <laughs> I'm like, that's bizarre, man. <laughs> that so, is bizarre. So I, I, I have a list of people here that I wanted to remember to shout out to that I made sure that uh, I let them know that, you know, I appreciated meeting them. Um, so let me let me just go through this list real fast. First thing, well, so some of this... He thinks, of this he thinks we're on the radio and it's like Zoo 100 or something. Yeah. Gotta give a shout out. Happy birthday <laughs> to Marie Longwood. From the, from the morning crew, Stuart in England. Happy birthday. <laughs> Stuart from England was a complete crack up. This dude was hysterical. Uh, I ran into Jonathan Smith, who, who I've talked to before, uh... I always mess up his name, Nemo, Neiman, Newman, who I think we've all spoken with on Twitter before. Uh, if you, and has actually been in our chat. Uh, does anybody have the chat open uh, that we mentioned? I that? do. Nobody's in yep. there. Don't worry. All right. Let me go ahead and get mine going. Dead as always. That. I can't wait till you guys get recognized at Wave PHP as the guys who do PHP ugly. <laughs> um, you so think there's going to be a little selfless. I'm not done. Tim from Australia. Ken. Ken from Twitter. Jason from Lair Streams walked up to me. I don't think Jason from Lair Streams knew who I was. He was talking about what a great podcast I had and how he, he never misses a show. But he kept referencing like the wrong people on the podcast. Let him roll with it. <laughs> I know. I just, I, I just, I just took it. Um, and then uh, another guy, again, I want to circle back around to, but Dude, Brian, uh, probably the first guy who uh, approached me, really, really just kind of highlighted who I was 10 years ago. Brian is is a guy who, he's not a developer, uh, he, or he's not a, de a professional developer. He has a completely different profession. He, he, he works in a you know, completely different field. He develops on the weekend. He develops when he has free time. The dude took a vacation day, spent his own money to come to Laracon. Unfortunately, he lived in Chicago, so he, he thought that was uh, kind of a benefit. But took a vacation day to come to, to Laracon um, because he enjoys development. And I'm like, man, I just... And, and we get that in the user group a lot, too. People who, they're not professional developers, or, or they don't get paid to develop. 
and they're just passionate about it and they're just they're just thirsty for knowledge they they love the culture they love hanging around developers um brian it was great to meet you he says he listens to the show so if you listen to the show shout out to you brian in chicago way to go buddy (laughs) go cubs I got to go to a Cubs game. I saw. How awesome was that? I know, man. I, that was like the first thing I did when I landed. I, I got, I got there. I threw my bags in the hotel. I'm like, Wrigley Field, let's go. So, is that, that when they great. lost like thirty to one? No, no, but they did lose to the Diamondbacks. But yeah, it wasn't my fault. It had nothing to do with it. Hmm. But you know what I did end up using? I think John and I came across this the last time. Him and I went to a Padres game. And as you can imagine, I got on a plane. I flew four hours, got off the plane, threw my bag down, went to Wrigley Field. My phone was practically dead. And I'm sitting there, and it's like the first inning, and I'm down to 10%. I'm like, oh, man, I need to call an Uber to get back to the hotel. I can't let this phone die. So I walked around. I remember the last time John and I went to a Padres game. We saw these little charging lockers, these cell phone charging lockers. I'm like, what are the chances that that's like a common thing now? So I find an usher. I'm like, hey, do you guys happen to have cell phone charging lockers? He's like, yeah, of course. You know, it's down this alley or whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I go down there. Sure enough, it's there. Use my little credit card. Locker door pops open. Put my phone in there. It's it's in there for maybe an hour. Um yeah, I just put it in there, forgot about it, went back to the game. I wasn't expecting any calls or anything. Uh, but I, I go back down, like, the third or fourth inning. And like I said, it was in there, I don't know, maybe a little longer than an hour. I had a lot of hot dogs, a lot of beers by then. But I get the phone out, and it's completely charged. I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. So that was great. Clayton Stone in our uh, chat room is saying Wrigley Field is a place, great place to go, even if you're not a baseball fan. Definitely is one of those nostalgic sort of things like it has so much history uh like clayton says you don't even have to be a baseball fan you just have to appreciate history and you would appreciate wrigley field and in the surrounding i mean i could have probably not even gone in wrigley field like if i wasn't a baseball fan i could have just been around wrigley field and there's just so much going on just around wrigley field including this huge plasma television that's showing the game that's inside the, the stadium. It, really? Yeah, yeah, it'd be like it'd yeah. be like telling a dog, you want to go for a walk? You want to go for a walk? But not taking it for a walk. I'm sure he'd be able to handle it just fine. <laughs> Been to Chicago a few times. John and I went out there a couple times for tech, PHP tech. But uh, you stayed on the outskirts of Chicago. You weren't in downtown. And this this for Laricon, I stayed downtown Chicago. And man, what a difference. I mean... Not that I didn't enjoy myself at Tech, but it, it I just had just an absolute... You, you know what the view was from my room? When I opened up my windows, I saw that fountain from... uh, What's it called? Married with Children. You know the big the, oh, really? the fountain? Uh, yeah, the, that, uh-huh. that was outside my uh, my window of, of my hotel room. That's slightly depressing. Oh, that's cool. No, we kind of <laughs> slightly depressed. That's awesome. I didn't even know that was there. So the, the venue for Laricon was downtown? Not exactly. This was one of the reasons why I wasn't exactly ecstatic to go to uh, Laricon. It's because the venue was this museum, the Science and Technology Museum. S- super, super cool place. But it's kind of like you had to take an Uber to it. 
Um, or you didn't have to. I guess you could have rented a bike, but you know you weren't going to walk to it. it. It was a lot of real estate to even walk off the property. So it, it was close to downtown. It was it was like it was right outside the University of Chicago. So it was closer. I guess it was to the south side of Chicago. The museum, unbelievably cool. I mean, super super cool. It had an actual tornado going. In the in the one of the lobbies that where we were, that you could walk through. The weird thing about it is, you forced now, an employee a... into this this tornado. By the way, I want to say that you 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 took somebody and said you have to get in there and act like a superhero so I can record it and put it on Slack. Not an employee. <laughs> and we'll be clear. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, don't 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 confuse that. Yeah. Well, I no because we're talking about Marcus, right? Yeah. yeah. But he's not an employee. We don't have any employees. I'm just. He's a I, I gotta protect. Gotta protect the business. Wait, it is. He, he's the CEO. It's all. It's all about the details with him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But a friend. Yeah. We took a. You took a friend and you forced him into the tornado. Forced. Yeah. You forced <laughs> him into the tornado, and he didn't know what to do. You just started recording without telling him, and you, and then you just said, "Charge up like a superhero." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you for yeah, that. That, that was good. great. <laughs> The weird thing about the museum was the the convention. It wasn't like it was convenient. Like you didn't walk into the doors of the museum, and the convention was like right there to your right. It was deep, deep in the museum. I mean, you had to go up a couple flights of stairs. You had to walk through a couple of the Arctic exhibit, and uh, I mean, it was. It took some effort to get there. And I'm not a smoker, so it didn't really impact me. But I don't know what smokers did. Uh, I, because there's like a door that was by where we were eating. It, but somebody said that you weren't allowed to walk out the door. Like the door was locked. It was a fire escape or something. I, I don't know. I don't know what smokers did. The one time I ran into a smoker when I was running late, they were at the front end of the museum, which again was a huge walk for people. So that was kind of weird. Uh, the conference, it hosted like 850 people this year, which is a huge conference for, you know, a niche Yeah, that's area much of the bigger market. than it was last year, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think last year it was still in the 500s. Yeah. And it was, when you, when you and I went in Louisville, it was only in the 300s. So it was over double of what you went to. Wow. Was it still single track like it was last year? Yeah, it's still single track. And, and I think Laravel is kind of at a critical mass here. Where the facility was big enough to support 850 people, and John, you went last year in New York, this was 100 times more comfortable than New York. I was able to sit, no problem. Sean and I could sit in any seat, no problem. So even though the facility is able to support 850 people, you can tell that it's not really designed to host 850 people (laughs) on any one occasion. I mean, for the most part, it was okay. Um, the biggest obstacle, developer conference, sausage fest, between between talks, a, a huge line. There was like two restrooms, 850 people. You know, you do the math. Um, John, you mentioned if it was still a single track. Yeah, it was still a single track. And that's still kind of the, that added to it a little bit because you got 850 people sitting in this theater and... Everybody's watching the same talk, and there's constantly people walking in and out, and the doors are like mm-hmm. slamming. Like every every two minutes, the door is slamming because somebody's walking in. And out. Did 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 they do what they did last year with the sidetrack of like the really no. short talks? No, no, there was no science project or whatever. Yeah, it was just a single talk. So 
See, I thought that was a good idea of them to do last year. Just having something different. Because not everybody wants everything that you're showing on the main stage. Right. It's got to be variety. It's interesting you should bring up variety. I wasn't going to slam it too much because I've already spoke my piece. He's still, so, let's, he's still not going let's, to. Anyone listening, he's not slamming it. This was fantastic conference. Go ahead. Let's finish. Uh, with the exception of the bathrooms, uh, like moving, I mean, anytime you're trying to move 850 people around, it's going to be challenging. But I, I think the facility handled it pretty well. Like when it came time to eat, the food was not good. But there was places for everybody to sit. Like, I didn't see anybody walking around trying to find a place to sit. And again, the food not being good. And I'm kind of, a, I've, I've turned into a little bit of a food snob. You know, I don't, I don't like, like, just cheap food or whatever, as you can tell. By just hot dogs at a, at a baseball stadium. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those are this classics. Is a, this is not a judging podcast. <laughs> Full of judgment. Um, well, and, and again, the food situation, you know, any other conference, you know, I, we would have gone somewhere else. Like we did in New York. You know, we, we just went somewhere else. And that just wasn't an option. It wasn't really an option. There was a food court in the museum, um, but that was, it, that looked like, I passed it once and it looked like absolute chaos. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going there. Uh, so, yeah, I really feel like Laravel has a, an identity issue. Or I think they need to be clearer about what their identity is. Um, so when the conference wrapped up, like I said, ran into a lot of people. A lot of people listen to the show. I am well known through the Laravel community as being a supporter, but a harsh critic of the things that go on in the community, which I do have a criticism for. I'll get to. How long do you guys want this show to run for? <laughs> I'll, try to, I'll try to be quick. I wasn't going to bring this up. Um, I wasn't surprised when it happened, and I'm like, all right, if somebody asks me, I'll give my opinion, but I'm not going to just blast it, blast them for it. But sure enough, some of the first people who came up to me, and it was more than one, after the final talk came, uh, was all said and done and the conference was over, came up to me and says, hey, listen to your show, no talk about community. I'm like, yeah. They said, uh, now I'll, I'll prefix this with, on the second day, I was late because I had, oh, biggest problem with the conference, no Wi-Fi. No Wi-Fi, uh, no Wi-Fi really? in the actual theater. Yeah. I think that, that was, was crazy. I think that was an world. oversight. <laughs> yeah. Not only was there Wi-Fi, but no Wi-Fi. There was Wi-Fi when you got out into the, to the lounge, but in the theater, no Wi-Fi. And my cellular didn't work, which was just absolutely killing me because... Again, I hadn't planned on being there, so I was trying to work why I was at this thing. But so I I missed uh, two or three talks on the second day because I was catching up with some work stuff. So I didn't see all the talks. I didn't see everything everybody said. Um, but the people who spoke to me said nobody said anything. They only heard community mentioned a couple times. One by the MC who, side note, was not Taylor. Uh, really? He mentioned something about you know how strong the Laravel community was, but didn't go into details. And then, of course, and the one everybody kind of had a consensus on was T.J. Miller. Really seemed to have a heart pouring emotion of, you know, hey, I, you know, I appreciate the the Laravel community. I think you know highly of them. And, and he spoke a lot about the Laravel community. And I did see his talk, and I did see see that. 
no State of the Union on Laravel. Uh, you actually saw very little of Taylor and heard even less. Taylor gave his talk announcing Nova. Didn't really talk much about anything else Laravel. Just kind of talked a little bit about the next major release of Laravel. Said it was going to be very minor. Touched on a few minor features. Nothing about the state of Laravel. Any of the past versions. No thank you to any of the contributors of Laravel. Or any anybody who contributes to any of the packages for Laravel. or anybody who, None of that. You know, just like he didn't do last year. There was, there was none of that again. No, no thank you for anybody who, you know, user group organizers, you know, podcast people, you know, Laravel News. No, no acknowledgement of, of any of that at all. Now, this is where I start to come to the, start to come to a conclusion. All right. Well, let, let, let me, let me. The following me statements are not a- approved by the PHP Ugly podcast and do not represent the beliefs and feelings of all members involved. <laughs> So before I say that, I got hit with a curveball as well. Typically, you go to these conferences, and when it's all said and done, you ask somebody, hey, how'd you like the conference? Oh, I thought it was great. Had a good time. Met this person, met that person. I say that. You know, you always find the the positive things out of the conference, and and you go with that. You've taken a large amount of your time away, and you're you're not going to write it off as a bad experience. I mean... Right, right. I asked an I asked an individual this, and I actually heard this reply a couple times. The first time I caught it, I, the first time I heard it, it really caught me off guard, and I thought he was messing with me. And then when he stated his reasoning, it made complete sense. I asked the first person I asked. They had some extra expenses, right? They came from Europe, so they had extra travel time, extra travel cost, blah blah blah. So keep that in mind. Not that it changes this at all, but you gotta you gotta understand there was extra funding there, right? Extra effort. I asked him like, "Hey, what did you think of the conference?" He said it was bullshit. He, I hated it. This is bullshit. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, okay, you're funny. You're, oh, you're, you're a funny guy. I'm like, why why was it, why was it bullshit? He's, are you kidding me? He's like, I just paid all this money to come to a conference, and what do I get? A fucking infomercial for a product I don't fucking need. And I sat there and I looked at him for a second. I'm like, you're talking about Nova? I mean, he's like, yeah. And I thought about it. I'm like, you know, he, he has a valid point. So a couple things were brought up. And th- this all adds into adds into this person's rant. And this is, was not my rant. And I actually hadn't even had the insight on this until he brought it to my attention. Laravel has always been a conference where, like, a certain level of sponsors uh, got to go, come on stage and give their little pitch for their company or whatever. And, and that's not terribly uncommon. But from his vision, from his perspective, you know, he came all the way to this conference and he was, you know, there was all this talk of this new product and, you know, he was expecting all this information for, about the Laravel platform itself. And he actually got very little of that. And the only like Laravel piece from the Laravel creator was his pitch for a new product that he, he built that again, going back to the fact that there was no state of the union. There's no like, here's where we're going. Here's where we're at. No direction, no future direction. No, you know, I was going to correct you. I was going to correct you on saying product, but you're right. I I forgot that Nova is a new for sale. He's charging for that. Yeah. Right. So first thing, I'm going to state this, and I'm just going to put it out there. 
This is probably my biggest gripe. I know I was probably guilty of it before. I was. I probably did it with Horizon. I probably do it with other shit. But if you're one of those fanboys out there hyping up a product that you have absolutely no idea what it is, what it's used for, or what it's going to be. <laughs> if you're on Twitter trying to get some friction going on this product because you're a fanboy of the goddamn platform, especially if you're somebody high-ranking in this community and you fucking do that, I've lost some respect for you and your opinion m- means a whole lot less to me because it's kind of a dick move to do that, okay? If you, if you have some information or if information is being kind of you know, leaked out slowly but surely, where there's some context can be put around what the product is or, or what the hyped-up thing is, that's one thing. But if you have no idea what it is and you're just spluing the information just because, you know, you want to you wanna be in on the conversation, stop doing that shit, okay? Because this pisses <laughs> people off, and it pissed the guy off who came over from Europe thinking that, you know, this might be something that he needed to be a part of. So I'm just going to put that out there. Don't do that anymore. I mean, the fanboyism with Laravel was strong at this conference. Like, there were people there just crazy about anything Taylor had to say without any sort of criticism. I still get shocked that there's a conference around a framework. I mean, that still shocks the hell out of me. Well, I I don't... The fact that people are so tied into a single framework. So, So this brings me to the identity crisis that I think Laravel's facing. And a lot of this gets cleared up if they would just decide what side of the fence they're falling on and make it clear to everybody. Is Laravel, is Laracon a community conference for Laravel developers or is Laracon a vendor conference for the Laravel platform? If it's a vendor conference, fine. Make that clear to everybody. This is not a community conference. This is not a come kumbaya, you know, hold hands around the campfire and talk about what a great thing Laravel is. This is a vendor conference. You're going to be sell- we're going to try to sell you things, and that's what it is. Full disclaimer: I'm I'm still a business owner. We build products based on Laravel. If Laravel is if Laracon is a vendor conference, I will still probably go to it. I reached out to Taylor as soon as Laracon wrapped up. I said, you know, let me in on Nova. We'll pay the two hundred dollars because I'm already paying the developers to develop a admin dashboard. That's something that applies to us. That's something we need. But I'm a business owner. I have clients. That's fine. It's fine if Larry Khan is a vendor conference to me. But to Brian, who took a day off work and paid his own money to go to Laracon, he might have a problem going to a vendor conference. He might want to go to a community conference. He may think, you know what, let me hold on this money and go to a community-focused conference. Like, I don't know, Wave PHP in San Diego. What? No. <laughs> but, we'll go in a direction I didn't want to go. <laughs> but uh, seriously, I think I think Laracon needs to decide, or, or, or needs to announce, I, I feel like it's already decided, that it's a vendor conference. And it's perfectly fine to be a vendor conference. It just needs to be clear. The other thing that was brought to my attention... Well, now, I, I, talk- I want to I agree with you there. The, looking at the... The speaker list, you've got the creator of Vue.js, partner at Titan, developer at Titan, developer at Vehicle, senior developer at Titan, uh, founder of Basecamp, creator of Laravel Shift, and Freak Vanderhurten, a developer at Spady. I mean, it seems like these are Laravel-focused shops, or, I mean, it seems like these are a lot of vendors. 
Titans, well, Titans specifically. You, you actually, you're actually touching on the other pain point that was brought to my attention. I was about to go on how the inner circle of Laravel has really started to solidify. Um, again, if you look at the vendor or if you look at the speaker list, Adam Wathen, uh, West Boss, Evan Evan Yu, uh, Frick. Those are all seasoned Laracon speaker. Look at how many Titan developers. Somebody, somebody said there were five three, Titan there's, speakers? There's three Titan speakers. There are three? Yeah. Somebody told me five. Well, well, the, the MC was a Titan, a Titan speaker. Uh, you had Matt. You had Caleb. You had Samantha. And then, and then Vehicle, Vehicle, which has been a sponsor since I first went there. Mm. So that's a lot of... Uh, and, and I mean, Titan was plastered everywhere at Laracon, um, but that's a Which, lot of speakers. Good, good for them. I mean, good for them to get the sponsor and the money and that stuff. But yeah. that's a. Uh, but but there's there's not there's not a lot of variety. Let's just say that. And and like I said, I mean, you know, it's a it's a vendor conference. You're gonna have vendors talking. You know, more power to you. But please make it clear to the people going. That that's what it is. Set expectations correct. Yeah. Now, I, I think I think one thing is that uh, Taylor sees Laravel as this artisan framework for individuals to launch uh, one-off SaaS type projects, and so his sort of focus on his presenters and his vendors is people who need a one-off product for a server or something like that. I don't know that it is that anymore. I, I, you know, we always we always talk about the enterprise readiness and all that shit. But it seems like it seems like he keeps pulling or things keep pulling Laravel in two different directions. Is it an, an artisan framework or is it a, an enterprise framework? Is it a is the conference community or is it vendor or education? I don't know. I yeah. I mean, I, and I will say Samantha from Titan. Fantastic speaker. I mean, goody, out there, intelligent speaker. I, I, I would I would watch her talk again. TJ Miller, absolutely killed it. Uh, he did, he Always did well. good. J-Mac, um, Jason uh, McCreary uh, of uh, Laravel Shift fame, had an awesome talk. He did more of talking about the state of Laravel than Taylor did. He, he did a lot of the statistics that he sees from Shift around Laravel. And he was very so, self-conscious. His talk is the one I want to see. He was very self-conscious about, if you don't know J-Mac, T.J. Miller's kind of the same way. It, the, the guy is the most humble, coolest person you, you could know. I mean, the guy is up on stage talking to 850 people, gets off stage and plops down, and the, you know, plops down actually next to me, and you know, we're, we're talking about something completely different. I, I mean, such an absolute cool guy. And he was so concerned that people were going to view his talk as a pitch for Laravel Shift. And so he only mentioned Shift a couple times at the very beginning to kind of let people understand the context of where he was getting his information from. That he wasn't just grabbing these out of the air or anything. <laughs> that he, he knows he knows the framework better than Taylor. And I think he I think he gets it. I, I think in J Mac's mind it's you know, he, he's trying to do the community conference and say, hey, you know, this is why this is great. This is this is what it's being used for. And, you know, he wasn't trying to 
hard sell people on Laravel Shift. And, I mean, nobody was trying to hard sell anybody on anything, as far as the speakers go. It's, we should be clear about that. Um, there was there was no hard selling of anything. Uh, but, you know, but uh, J-Mac, I, I had conversations with, and he was very aware of it. He, he was He was being very... Uh, cautious to not do that. You did mention a couple of names there that <clears throat> I know happen to be coming out to San Diego soon. So I ran into six, I, I believe I counted six, Wave PHP presenters at Laracon, including... Really? Wow. J-Mac and TJ Miller, uh, who were presenting at Laracon. Uh, Amanda Folson was there. Um, Marcus was there. Daniel was there. and um, Daniel was there from Longhorn? From Longhorn, yep. Wow, with a and, with a young baby, and he was out there. Yeah, and, that's uh, amazing that he was able to get away for that. I feel like I feel like I said six. I feel like I'm missing somebody. Uh, I said Amanda. Um, I, I I have to look at the Wave PHP site. I feel like I'm missing somebody. Uh, but yeah, I, I those five for sure were there. And uh, so you're not you're not gonna like this, Eric. Mm-hmm. But while you were talking, I. I don't know why, but I had the idea. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a discount code for people listening to our podcast right now. Oh, my You're God. Me. You can't you stop giving away money. You just me. can't stop. <laughs> you, you go to PHP right wrong? now. Use, ahead, the, use the discount code PHPUGLY to get $75 off your ticket price. Uh, to add to add 18% Absolutely to your me. handling fee. <laughs> oh, my God. If you're a listener... Yeah. You owe us. Our, wa- <laughs> our Wave PHP early bird special runs out tomorrow at noon, so less than uh, twelve hours. All right. Uh, all right. So, so don't let anybody. All right. Don't let anybody know, especially people listening to the show, that <laughs> this discount code, because we know this is coming out after the the early bird ends, we're bringing the price back down to early right, bird. Challenge, time. challenge accepted. <laughs> Kill so, me, Eric, did did you? Did this make you feel better going into Wave PHP, or did it make you feel even more uh, nervous? We're not going to be anywhere near 850 people. <laughs> no, but I mean, <laughs> better, better how? This is this is your second conference since you've decided since you started putting together Wave PHP. You went to Longhorn, mm-hmm. and now you've been to Laracon, and seeing the situation with uh, the bathroom line with the food with the walk to the venue how do you feel the, about no, no wi-fi <laughs> no wi-fi no yeah I, I i feel i feel good i mean i i, I have concerns so, so there were things that were out of the realm of control of taylor i i think the wi-fi thing was probably missed or i don't know what uh but you know, he didn't have control. There was no Wi-Fi. If he didn't catch it when he established the place, then he didn't catch it. That that was his fault. But there was nothing he could but do about that, that. No, no, that is. If he missed it, that's his fault. I mean, he's putting on a tech conference. He knows people are there. They need Wi-Fi. Mm. So, yeah, a, a tech conference for hundred people. I would is prefer him say, "Hey, for I, a thousand. I, it, I would prefer him to say, "Hey, in our contract, there was supposed to be Wi-Fi here, and it's just not working." Or something. Mm. Don't don't give the pass because it's a tech conference. He's been to plenty of conferences. He knows that Wi-Fi is required. And and I know you guys well enough that if you guys didn't have Wi-Fi on day one, you would have a hotspot and a Verizon card on day two. <laughs> hey, yeah. don't 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 
raise the expectations. If there's no Wi-Fi, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> so so I am nervous about that. Like, after seeing this, you know, the, the idea of, hey, there could be things that go wrong with the hotel. Like, like we we have a, the scenario of where they're going to they're going to establish these floating walls. They're going to close it off to create the two tracks. So I'm 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 concerned about how smoothly that goes, how well that actually protects you know noise from from creeping over and, and people. In, but we've in asked London the questions. Station. I mean, we we've done our homework as far as asking the the proper questions. Hopefully, yeah, we got the answers. Or we got the answers we think are will help the conference. Obviously, right. I'm worried about execution. I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll say whatever, whatever, yeah. but execution is. I guess we could have had them close the walls while we were there and started yelling at each other. Yeah, yeah. So just so close yeah, the walls. I, I, I'm concerned about things like that, but you know, it is what it is. You'll, you'll have. To, it's going to be a small enough conference where I think everybody we can we can handle it. And, and yeah, and that's another thing. Anybody who wants to talk shit to me about criticizing Laricon, I'm putting where my money where my mouth is, okay? I mean, we're we're putting on a conference. I understand the pains and stress and anxiety of putting on a conference. So, fuck you. I can criticize conferences <laughs> as much as I want. Hey, I just found the opener for the podcast this week. <laughs> it was said during the show, it's fair game. <laughs> okay, so uh John, how yeah. was your week? <laughs> uh, oh my Oh my god. I have a list of things that have happened over the past three weeks, but we've spent so much time. Oh on that's Laricon, right, three weeks for you. We have god. to we have to okay, we have to spin away. We've covered Laracon. We've got it down. We, First, we still have to talk about Laravel, Laravel Nova. I'm pretty sure I've upset the other half of the Laravel community that still kinda like me, so Let's, uh, yeah. let's move people, on. People are dropping like flies out of the chat room. First and foremost, I put out a couple of tweets in the past uh, few weeks, and people have kind of jumped on me about it. And I want to make it very clear. I understand best practices. Xdebug255 and under have a vulnerability. Okay? I know that. Yes, I had servers accessible from the internet that were hit. Uh-huh. You're not supposed to. <laughs> so no, I, I understand. Make sure, make sure you say production servers. Don't forget the production word. That's important. There, there, okay, there were there were two production servers that were vulnerable that not were not hit. There are dev servers that the way this client does their business, that their dev servers are accessible from the internet because they use. Uh, SSH to get onto the server. They use Vim to edit code. That's just the way they've been working for 15 years. You know, I, we are slowly changing the culture and cha- pushing them towards local development. And they're getting there, but not everyone's there yet. So some of those servers had Xdebug accessible and they were attacked. All of them attacked the exact same way. And luckily, the only thing that was being in- installed was a, a Bitcoin miner. So, easy to spot, easy to fix. Uh, my first, my first fix was upgrade Xdebug, but there were there was conflicting information on the internet whether it was two five five and below or below two five five. So, 
that's frustrating as hell when you can't get that clear picture of if I upgrade and the only thing I could upgrade to at that point was 255, am I safe at this point? So I upgrade to 255, go back a day later, the machines hit again, it's still mining Bitcoin. Okay, just remove Xdebug, which turned out to be fine because the people that use those machines don't use Xdebug. Uh, back in the day, a, f a few years ago, I think the reason it was installed was you got the orange box with the error messages versus just text. So you got a little bit of a nicer right. output when there was when right. there you was could, you could flag error it messages. to show extended error messages and stuff. Right. So I think that's why this ended up on those machines again going back years ago. So I just put it out to the community. Hey, make sure you're not running Xdebug because one, it's easy to install, and just double check. Make sure you're <laughs> you're protecting. I, I had a few people say. You shouldn't be running that in production, and you shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't be accessible from the internet. It's like I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I understand but these things. I have an interesting card here that that says you posted something about posting production credentials on social media. Oh, where did I put that? I didn't know I made that up. Who put that? Thing. <laughs> somebody put that card up there. Uh, oh God! Oh, that was me no. two minutes ago. Shoot, how'd that happen? On a very completely separate topic. What? Uh, there was a SQL injection vulnerability found, and it was caught super quickly. We went through all the logs. Nothing uh, was accessed that shouldn't be accessed. There's nothing that we were worried about. We decide that we, you know, we fixed the vulnerability super quick. No big deal. I put out a whole article about how I think MySQL and Postgres could protect developers from... SQL injection. And of course, I got pushback from people. I read that in, article. Yeah, I got pushback from people in the industry. That was terrible. And I still think that I still think they are wrong. I still think there are things they could do to help protect developers from SQL injection. And everyone comes back to, we need to be a better developer. But why do we have PDO? Because it helps developers. You know, there were it's ways like, to like interact. There were ways to fix this before PDO, but PDO was developed to help prevent SQL injection, right? Right. It's, it's like if we can put the tools in place to help, then why wouldn't we do right. it? As long as it's not hampering it, why wouldn't we do right. it? So my, my article goes into the things I've seen from SQL injection is once you – there's automatic code you can run against machines to see if there is some sort of vulnerability. And then you start attacking it, that. And then one of the first things you do is – you describe you you look for the databases and then you list the tables in there well to the best of my knowledge there aren't specific permissions especially in mysql that say you're not allowed to list databases or you're not allowed to list tables so uh, there are i haven't found them yet they're very very uh, particular so, even if there are the, the people that set up this database, again, going back 15 years ago, gave the user that has access to it all the permissions except for a grant. So they basically opened it up. So I sent an email like, hey, I think we need to set up a new user or change the permissions of the current user to limit to these five or six permissions. 
we get on a call that night to actually implement it. And to make sure it worked, I increased the verbosity of a tool that they use for their data access layer. I ended up showing the entire SQL strings, username, password, and everything that anybody that was on the site for about two, three seconds. I could not believe I did that. It was, I was so embarrassed about it to begin with, and I was like, oh my god. So, so embarrassed that he mentioned it to me, somebody he knows can never let shit go. No, it's fun. It's on my. It's actually on my list to talk about. It was hilarious to, in hindsight, it's like, I cannot believe I just, in trying to make things more secure, I showed everyone a username and a password to the database. Granted, you need to ha- you need to have firewall access. You need to be on the VPN to access. All right, it. All right we don't need to leak but, more information. But I leaked that information, and luckily we saw that it happened. And while we were fixing permissions, we we changed passwords and just hardened everything up around that. It just made it what should have been like a ten or fifteen minute exercise take about an hour and a half, two hours to make sure we had everything updated, and <laughs> it was just. I couldn't believe I did that. SQL injection sucks. I, I, I've committed AWS credentials to open source GitHub re- repos before, so that's fine. I've done worse. Yeah. I, I have to tell you, when I was working on Buscoin, I got to the point where I was generating like the pre-generation of a quarter of the, the tokens, and that was the most terrifying process I've ever been through. Where it was like, I'm setting up something that has the potential value of an enormous amount of money. And so just that whole process was nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. I I instituted like five new personal password policies just based off of that. It's amazing. No, it's We've dead. had so many. So the client I'm talking about has had so many weird ops issues in the past two weeks outside of just me disclosing Username and passwords <laughs> to the database. I can't uh, imagine why they're having ops issues. They use VMware on hardware in, in Vegas, and the owner decided he's going to vMotion our cron server, our cron slash workers, so it handles all of the jobs. He's going to vMotion it to another host and miss something. And so as he started it, it basically crashed that entire server, and he was moving it to the physical server that had our database server on it so basically brought that to a halt as well which is just mind-boggling but it happened it's basically immediately consumed all the memory of the physical hardware and just brought it to its knees wow the the the, the vmotion did or yeah so so the whole thing with VMware, there's they have they happen to have three different servers, and within there you can move VMs from one to another pretty easily. You can say, "Hey, I now want to run this one on another physical server." Mm-hmm. And I forget what what he was trying to do at the time, but he thought, "Well, I want to move the VM that's running all of the jobs. Just move it over to this other physical server for I don't know if it's temporary or trying to relieve the resources on another physical server." but missed the fact that the one running the the jobs has so much memory on it that as soon as he v-motioned it it killed the entire server. Luckily we it was about an hour we got everything back up and running but it's just amazing how much goes into keeping hardware up and running. Yeah, it's a full-time job. Yeah. I mean we, we've talked about it in the past. It's just 
I, I, I am so uncomfortable not having a dedicated full-time ops person uh, just because there's just so much that goes into it. That that and we don't even so and we don't even have physical hardware to deal I with. I know, I know. But there's so Did much tell stuff you that the... you you let slide when you don't have that full time ops person. Is I don't that... think I told you about the problem this week. Probably not. So we, we they have a much. they have a they have a full rack with two different power supplies going into the rack. Mm-hmm. Every piece of equipment in there has redundant power supplies. So if power goes out on one side, they everything stays up. Right. And it's still not clear if it was the data center's fault or a piece of hardware like the PDU in the rack. Mm-hmm. But something happened where an entire side went out, had no power. And every single piece of equipment stayed what up and running. That? Except yeah. for one. And it goes back to that same physical piece of hardware running mm-hmm. some of the, uh, the virtual machines. And it happened to be the one running their database server. So <laughs> power cuts out. Database server goes offline. They can't get the physical hardware back online until, you know, you make a phone call and get somebody to run to the rack. And then they're looking and they're like, uh, trying to figure out where the, where the wires are going to make sure everything's plugged in correctly. Yeah. I mean, how do they get power back to the rack, though, if they, if they weren't sure where the, where the power I, shortage was coming from? Well... All they ended up doing was unplugging that hardware from one side and put it in the other, even though uh-huh. they're supposed to have one in each side. It's supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, power A and B. Right. Again, we're not there with our eyes, so we don't know if they're lying to us or not, but supposedly it was that way. They took out of the bad side, put over in the good side, and the machine powered back up. Hmm. So that comes back up. <laughs> main, the main database comes back online. But now there's an issue with the replicas because now they're out of sync. So it it was a nice like two two to two and a half hours of downtime in the middle of the day when you're at your busiest. And it's like oh my god, it's so stressful. Luckily we we're able to to get through that, and it's just no fun. It's been a stressful few weeks. I gotta tell you, it has. It hasn't been the best. On a on a lighter note, you want to laugh at me? I mean, I, I just did. this whole show. Why not? Yeah. So we use a, a package called Finks for doing database migrations. Finks, yes. I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the developers on this team writes to me and they're like, hey, did you know that if you do an insert of data in a migration and you try doing it during a dry run, it still inserts data into the database? So I'm like, what? Uh, that makes no sense. That's not good. That makes absolutely no sense. I look at the code. Sure, shit. There's no no check for a dry run, so it's going to insert the data. I have already had a PR accepted by the Finks team that we needed internally. So I'm like, I'm going to open up a PR real quick. So I, I fixed the code. I took probably 30 minutes or so to write unit tests to make sure the code worked the way it was supposed to work. Open up the PR, only to realize... Oh shit! We're on an outdated version. <laughs> a new, <laughs> a newer version of the Fink software already had the check for dry run in there. So Dang. I immediately, my, my PR was open for like a minute, or actually, probably more like a, a five or five to ten minutes. 
I realized that. I'm like, eh, I'm just going to quietly close this. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I- ig- ignore my PR, please. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I know, uh, I think Finks was what they used to use in the Cake PHP for their migration. It is. I'm not sure yeah. if it was it's, part of the Cake. It's, it is. It's still is from Cake PHP. Is it part of the Cake PHP. project, though? Oh, it is. Yep. Okay. Yep. So your, that's, the composer that's still says doing. Rob Morgan, but I think that's because that's his composer account. Mm-hmm. But in GitHub, it's still part of the Cake PHP GitHub ecosystem. Gotcha. Gotcha. That that threw me for a loop at first. I'm like, wait, I keep going here, and it's taking me to Cake PHP, but my composer says Rob Morgan, and it's like, oh, composer is to composer or packagist. I'm sorry. Right. And that's linking to Cake PHP on GitHub. I see. I see. Yeah. So. Very confusing. Most people make those match, and theirs does yeah. not. Thomas, what about you? We've been rambling now uh, for a I, while. Uh, Holy crap, man. This is going to be a fun <laughs> show. <laughs> you went on and on about Laracon. I, I started writing to you in Slack like, all right, time to wrap this <laughs> oh, you guys were up. loving it. You guys, you guys are like, no, no, no. Let him dig himself a little deeper. Yeah, no, I I'm... can still see his head. Let him dig himself a little deeper. <laughs> Screw this we need, guy. We need, I told you guys I had at, to replace my route. We need at PHP. Hang on. We need it at PHP drama to start tweeting like <laughs> stirring <laughs> stuff up. Does that still exist? Are we uh, are we going to get burned again? <laughs> All right. Thomas, I was, Sorry. I was told, hold on, I was I was called a <laughs> podcast whore <laughs> by, by a listener. I'm not going to name names, Ken. I told I told you I wouldn't call you out on this, but he, at Laracon, I was called a podcast whore. I told, I told him it didn't hurt my yeah, feelings, are. but it hurt a little bit. Yeah, you are, though. S- speaking of, of that, we need to record the other podcast this week. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a magazine? Yeah, it's got to be out. Anyway, go ahead, Thomas. Your turn. I told you guys I need to buy a new router. Why don't you talk about something, Thomas? Do you have anything to contribute, Thomas? So I bought a new router, and now I have to ship it back to Amazon without the box and hope that they take the return. What? (laughs) (laughs) You're just going to throw it in a plastic bag and drop it off somewhere? No, without the original original box. The original... Yeah, just just tell them you you ordered the hassle-free packaging. My issue is that I ordered a router because I looked on the page for Gigabit Ethernet. I saw Gigabit Ethernet. It was what I wanted. It was dual band. It was everything. I ordered it. I'm running some tests yesterday or a couple days ago, and I'm not getting Gigabit Ethernet. I'm actually connected straight to the router. I'm getting 100 megabit. <laughs> what? So that's a little slower. A little slower. Um, look into it further, and the router that I have doesn't support Gigabit Ethernet, so I start wondering, why do I think it supports Gigabit Ethernet? Yeah. It's because I went back to the original page I bought the product from, and in their From the Manufacturer description, they list a upgrade to this router to receive these features, and then it lists off two pages of features that are in a different router. <laughs> But you got to read that first line. If you miss that, you're screwed. Exactly. That was the issue, is that if you miss the first line, which says, upgrade to this to receive, then you are rece- you are looking at specs for a completely different product. <clears throat> That's hilarious. So, 
And that's the hard part from Amazon's perspective is they allow anybody to list product and put any description they want. Yeah, and now this was listed by the manufacturer too. This was listed by uh, not Linksys. I don't care. It was is the A. I don't Nick I, here. It might have been Linksys. I don't. Whoever it was, fucking shame on them. It was a what a what a horrible move for them. Well, it probably wasn't intentional. They're probably like. No, they thought that that marketing they're, they're space sure. was marketing space for upsell, and it's not. Yeah. It was product specifications, not upsell. Yeah. And, and it was a totally terrible move. Now I have to return the router and buy a different one. But who makes a dual-band Wi-Fi router that runs 100 megabit on its, on its hub? That's like a five-cent difference in hardware. So now I have to deal well, mate, with the they're just trying to They're trying to dump their old stuff. They probably had it sitting around for years. What a pain in the ass. So that's... And you're the lucky one to get me, it. Drove me crazy. It's vintage now. You should keep it. <laughs> but now we have to get back into Laravel. What? I thought we just... This, I, don't talk about Laravel anymore. You, you talked about it too much. I'm sorry. Laravel, what we, di- what we didn't talk about was the new Laravel product, Laravel Nova. Ah, yeah. This was the big hype thing. I got caught up in the hype. I wanted to know what this thing was. I was super interested. And and, and you were actually, I mean, I think I was pretty clear. When this started going on in my company's Slack channel, I made it very clear I didn't want any conversation about this until somebody knew what it was. I was paying for people's time. And I wasn't paying for people to speculate on a product that nobody had any idea on. So, well, I we were also talking about Macs at that point and the many yeah. failings of Macintosh in the last two weeks. <laughs> my point being is, you know, my my frustration with the Nova hype is not a post conference thing. I it was building up before the conference started. I I shut down that hype in our company's internal Slack because there was no purpose to it. Um, right, nobody yes. knew what it really was. It was you murdered, was you murdered out. I'm working all on this casual. thing. You murdered all casual conversation in the company official chat. You <laughs> you were so upset about some of the things that had been said about Mac throttling CPUs. No, I wasn't upset about anything. Oh, I wasn't. Oh, I have I have it here. One of the best talks. One of the best talks at Laracon was from Jason Fried, who uh, was one of the guys at Basecamp. And according to him, he, he, he does not do this asynchronous communication, like Slack and stuff. Everything has to be, uh, or if he doesn't do synchronous, he, everything has to be like through emails and posts on message boards. He doesn't do this whole real-time communication. He, he, he definitely gave, you, gave me a lot to think about with that. You know, he talked mm-hmm. about, there's a lot of talk around the distraction-free um, kind of workplace. And I, I can see, because I know... Yeah, we have some very distracting conversations that fire up occasionally in the company slide. I've had that whole conversation with you. I shared a book with you about this, and you you disagreed with it. Moving I on did, to yeah. about me. Let's do this. <laughs> I think Thomas had some Laravel talk he wanted to have. Yes, Nova. What the, about Nova? Nova? Nova was a huge hype machine, and it immediately, like the day of the announcement, turned into Twitter drama. Oh, did it? I didn't see anyway. Twitter drama. Yes. I mean, I, I saw a lot of people went from being extremely hype to, I don't care about it. But again, companies, development firms, I was happy to see it. it I was I was already paying a developer to build it. To, almost to the specs that he 
he talked about. So as a vendor conference, I saw that. I'm like, yeah, I'll pay for that. You know, I, I need that. Well, Taylor but- came out and said, in reference to no specific tweets, I've never used or installed any other admin panel in my life, period, in any language, period. Oh, I did see those tweets. So, yeah. I, I saw that in, I, after reading some other tweets, I don't know if he meant, like, any generic admin panel, or if there's a product called Admin Panels that he was referencing, like, somebody said he ripped them off. I it never is, got to the bottom of it. It is a lengthy, lengthy Twitter thread. Hmm. So I'll, I'll give these guys some some insight. I don't know if this is related to that. First, first thing, we have a good friend here in San Diego uh, who is a big contributor to Laravel packages and building Laravel apps. He has a product out there called Voyager. Uh, it's an admin panel. Um, a lot of people initially came who who knew. That I knew this person who knew I, who who knew I was in San Diego. A lot a lot of people came to me and say, "Hey, is this going to kill Voyager?" And I told them, quite honestly, I don't think it is. I think if anything, it'll give Voyager a bump because people are going to say, "Hey, wait a minute, maybe I do need an admin panel, but I don't want to pay for it." What what free admin panels are there out there for Laravel? And Voyager is definitely on the top of that list. So, you know, for people who who put their sweat and tears into creating open source packages that are admin panels. I don't think it's in vain. I think that their their products are still not only get used but get used more. I think Voyager is a perfect example. I think I think our buddy uh, Tony is going to see a huge bump to his Voyager package usage because if nothing else Nova piqued people's interest in why they might want an admin panel in their in their application. But what was shared with me at Laracon that I had no idea of, and I'll, I'll try to put it in the show notes because I think I have it in Slack still. Uh, somebody shared with me a commit or, or a issue conversation going back and forth between Taylor and a project called, I think it's called Laravel Nova or Nova or some, something like that, where it, it had the name Nova in it. And it was somebody who had taken the Laravel 4 the, the last version of Laravel 4.2 and forked it and was creating a, was supporting a framework based on that. And it was called Nova, something Nova. And um, Taylor had had dropped in to the issue log and said, hey, you, you think you'd give me some credit seeing how this is all my code? Apparently the, the, the person hadn't properly credited Taylor for the code that he'd taken from Laravel. NovaFramework.com. Nova Framework, perfect. Um, it, it created this big back and forth of, hey, Laravel's MIT license. He doesn't have to credit you, and it's like, okay, but it's good, you know, it's good open source practice to do it. It's like, okay, but don't, don't shit on him because you, know, you chose the, the license. And, and I thought it was interesting that now <laughs> Taylor releases a product for Laravel called Nova. <laughs> <laughs> there does seem like some spite here because Nova Framework, if you looked up Laravel Nova before the announcement, you got Nova Framework, which is a, an MVC PHP framework extending Laravel support from the 4.2 range. So, I right. mean, it seems shifty. <laughs> yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying to find the link that somebody sent me to the issue log. But, but if you look through the issue log, there's an issue, there's an issue open from Taylor around 
around that concern of hey, you know, give me some credit where credit's due. Yeah, I, I think I think Taylor just can't keep himself out of messes like this. Yeah, but to to his credit, if it's Laravel four code, then give him credit. <laughs> I mean, if it's you know what I mean. Like if it's they say actually, yeah, they say Laravel. They say Laravel four point two. They reference it specifically. Yeah, I don't I think know. Taylor I, wants his name out there. Yeah, I think I think I think it was more around oh. his name being. I'll, I'll I'll pour him a beer in a slow clap. <laughs> I you know I. I just I, I I keep running into we're all Laravel developers and that's why this keeps coming up is because we care about the Laravel ecosystem and community. Don't let me into this group. I, we don't try act, not don't to. Act like you, you excluded don't care. yourself last episode. <laughs> there's I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of times where I just sort of say like where do you get off? And one of the big things on the tweet about I've never used an admin control panel in my life. You know, come on. Get off your high horse. He referenced document he openly referenced documentation for Django and other CMS frameworks. It it is a crud interface for dealing with models. It's not I mean, for all the hype that he gave it and other people gave it, it's not that impressive. And it's really reinventing the wheel when you look at other frameworks like Cake and stuff like that, Cake and Django and things like that. It's I'm not incredibly hyped about it and I'm kind of depressed that time was taken away from Laravel development to put to be put into this. Funny you mentioned Cake. I, I wonder how the Laravel developers would feel if they saw the the crud uh, capabilities that come baked in cake, baked in cake, see what I did there? I mean, that that was always one of the strong points of of how fast you can basically build an admin panel with Cake PHP because it has all this crud functionality that just kind of comes out of the box. Um, it's funny. It's funny you should mention that. Uh, so go ahead. I interrupted you. Obviously, you've made that clear. Go ahead. I, I feel like this is reinventing the wheel. And that's a step backwards for Laravel. Mm-hmm. That's I don't know. Man, I, 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 I don't just, know if it's. Re- I don't think it's reinventing the wheel. I think it's Taylor doing what Taylor does. He's <laughs> so you know, this is he's solving a problem that that's been been solved. Okay. But he's solving it his way. What you you just posted the you posted the thread for the Nova framework. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What? Oh, oh, the, the back. You posted the ticket, the issue for the Nova framework. Credit me. Since this framework basically just steals all the code and style I spent so much time building, you need to at least credit me as a co-author and creator of the framework. Thanks. <laughs> and then the, right. somebody responds, a contributor responds, you're right, you deserve credit. Not all of your codes are reused, no disrespect intended, and then closes the ticket. The next comment is, I still don't have credit. <laughs> Well, he gave it four days. <laughs> he waited <Jeez>. four days. <laughs> I... I like to comment after that. In respect for Laravel's MIT licensing, as we reuse some parts of the software. <laughs> I just, uh, I, uh, Taylor just drives me fucking crazy. He drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. He really, he's the open source developer I don't ever want to be. You're, you're, you're not even close to but, being Taylor. I got news for you. No, I know. <laughs> I, I know. I'm well aware. But with what with the direction that Laracon is going, the hype behind Laravel Nova and then Horizon and then the not quote unquote not uh, abandoned where thing about Horizon where we got oh, all oh yeah, about you, that. you know you got pushback on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I share that with you. <laughs> yeah. I still don't believe I'm wrong. Um My issue is that it seems like Taylor is much better at marketing a framework than maintaining an open source development community 
And we had this conversation last week about the developer of uh, Pearl, who considered himself a benevolent dictator for life. Was it Pearl or Python? I thought it was Python. Python, sorry. You're right, Python. Python, yeah. The benevolent dictator for life. And it's like, I'm benevolent dictator for life can mean two things. And in the case of Python, it meant one thing, which was focus on community, let community develop, and then shape the direction that the, the project goes. Versus what I look at Taylor doing, which is a benevolent dictator for life, I'm going to profit off of this for life. And I'm getting kind of sick of the fact that Laravel is a pet project and it's just a money, it's just a money machine at this point because that's the perspective that the owner, the dictator has. I don't know. I I don't know. Going back to Eric's point of you, you get the fanboys that just come to his defense too. When you put out something with a license that says you're allowed to copy it, don't get pissed off when people copy it. Right. I, I, I'm I'm generally okay with fanboys. I'm okay with fanboys that you're you're entirely welcome to have the that sort of overjoyous perspective on yeah, but- on a product that you love. My my issue isn't the fanboys. My issue is the way that the the BDFL doesn't tell the fanboys to back down when they should back down. The BDFL should still be there to tell the fanboys chill out. But what I'm seeing instead is the BDFL taking the fanboys and lifting them up and saying, "Yes, my my crew supports me." Yeah, I, and, I, don't, I don't think that's there. I don't think you're completely fair on. So, 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 what? Sorry, I'm, re- I, I'm, re- I'm reading one. I'm reading one of the comments, and I was like, they even said. Taylor put the issue in the wrong framework or in the wrong repo because the repo he I guess he commented had none of the Laravel code in it. It should have been in another another repo, still within the same organization. But you, you commented in the wrong place. But again, Taylor Taylor is trying to build a company. He is trying to make money in the open source community. You know, I I take exception to the fact that you know he does depend on open source contributors. Uh, you know he. People contributing to the framework in the open source world, people contributing to things like his products like Spark that he continues to make money on, but you know none of that money gets dispersed to any anybody submitting any of the patches or anything, which is fine. He's making a living in the open source world. I, I don't necessarily completely agree with the way he does everything, and I definitely don't like the way he he kind of, he seems to kind of shun the the community that, that helps support him but to say that he shouldn't be i mean you almost make it sound like he shouldn't be making money off laravel and i, I don't see no. why that would. no i'm not i'm not saying that he should make plenty of money off of laravel my issue is entirely attitude and it's an attitude that that we amazingly enough had to deal with in the in the era of what 4.0 yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we we as a community, we're three community guys, and like we we haven't brought up the why uh, PHP drama Twitter exists story in three years, right? Mm. But that no, no reason that Twitter, to rehash that now, but not now, <laughs> not now. But that Twitter account exists because of an interaction between our community group discussing Laravel and his response to that conversation (laughs) and that hasn't changed and that's disappointing and and if anything it's gotten a lot more clickier that really gets evident when trying to have conversation with anybody with any of the ranking people in the laravel community or in the laravel ecosystem i i i almost don't want to even call it a laravel community anymore it's kind of the laravel ecosystem 
It is. And and, and that's and that's I think that's why the conference I think that's why your conversation about the conference earlier is important because it wasn't about the Laravel community, it was about the ecosystem. And that's where that divide between the vendor versus the community stuff keeps coming up with us is that we've we've been interacting with Taylor directly for longer than Laravel has been a popular platform. Mm-hmm. And our experience our very first experience was extremely negative. And so we go off of that from a lot of our positions and it kind of just keeps being weirdly negative. We keep, we keep seeing this weird defensive, aggressive, angry, possessive behavior. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with that. I think a lot of our listeners might not understand that we've, we have a history with Laravel going back further than, Almost anybody. For them a lot. And, and again, you know, the, the, the thing is, is, you know, we are passionate about it. And, and I enjoy the framework and I'm fine, you know, supporting the framework. It's just, yeah, yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to call bullshit where I call bull, where I see bullshit. I, I'll, I've always been that way. I'll always be that way. And, you know, I, I think Laravel can be better for community. I, I think they can embrace community more. I've, I'm, I've offered to, to, to be part of that and so yeah i don't know i don't know end of day we all need to code so if i'm not coding in laravel i'll code in something else but yeah as long as laravel's around i continue to use it because it, it you know it just works best for i'm me. really proud that i've that i've managed to turn doom and gloom into like not even a segment just an ennui just a just a feeling where it's like john asks me how i'm doing this week and things just go emotionally downhill. Now yeah. we're all sad. I, a, a good point was brought up in chat. I, I don't. I don't know if they want to mention names, but I, I, I do agree with his sentiment, which is basically saying that you know, Laravel is going to hit a threshold until it can kind of overcome this immaturity it has, and and understand and and work better with. I'm reading a lot into to, to what was posted, but basically, say, what, which, what chat are you reading? I'm not what, reading what, that chat. What was posted was for Laravel to really grow beyond itself. The drama's got to mature out, and it, it's it's a great point. It's it's like yeah, it, it's going to hit a threshold. All the fanboyism, all the clicky clicky uh, clickiness, it, it's it's going to teeter out, and for it to reach that next level, it has to become more mature. The the, the the ecosystem around it, the people running it, the people managing it have to be have to become more mature on how they're good. That's yeah, a very I, good I, point, person in our chat. Ted Nugent. Dude, don't call the dude out. He's big in the PHP or the Laravel community. Don't call the dude out. No. Hey Ted. Ted, tell me tell us if you want us to edit that out. We'll edit that out. Yeah. Tell tell me if you want Eric to edit the podcast this week. <laughs> look, look, you upset him. He he put a he put an upset emoji in there. You now you need to edit his name out. I can't tell you what that to, is. You have to put a beep in there. I'm you know, I'm upset that I'm upset that we got so sidetracked on everything this week that we didn't even get to cover the fact that Slack now has a breastfeeding emoji. <laughs> <laughs> because not not two minutes before the podcast started, that was really important to all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like looking at. I, I get Is that notifications. New? Yeah, I got a, I got a notification saying, "Hey, we've got a new emojis." I'm thinking to myself, 
There were like a billion emojis there. What could possibly be new? And yeah, the breastfeeding emoji was one of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, are, are we okay? Are things. we are, are we winding down? Or are we gonna are we gonna enter into? Uh, we need to wind down. I mean, I, I feel like I can keep going, but dude, we we've been talking for so for an long. hour and a half in. Do you guys, do you guys want to you want to leave an open question out there? Yeah, no. before you put an open question out there, I, I want to reiterate everybody I meant last week. Absolute complete pr- pleasure. Scared the shit out of me. I, he almost said pricks. I, he almost said pricks. I heard him. He almost said pricks. Scared the shit out of Every me. Every single one of you. Total pricks. Dude, we have Tim in Australia. Australia that listened to it. I, I talked to a guy you know, who was over in Italy and, and over in, in England. Different people who listen to us. Like, people listen to our podcast around the world. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. This, now, you're, so, now you're giving me, you're giving me like the sweats. I don't want. You, you should be, be well, very we, aware of that. Okay, we need them not to go to Lyricon. We need them to come to Wave PHP. Wave PHP. If you really do like us, you'll come to Wave PHP. If we, you hate us, if you really like you'll us, come to Wave PHP and tell us how much you hate us, John. If, no, if you really, if you really dig us, you will buy a ticket using the Wave PHP promotion code, so that we know you really dig us. That's right, PHP. Okay, you, John. What? I can. I need you to sit up in your chair. No. Use your diaphragm. <laughs> I need you to to radio announce what that promotion code is. The promotion code you need to enter is okay, PHP wow. Ugly. I was not that, going for that was really the, good though. No, that was good. I was not going for Hispanic radio. <laughs> <laughs> I can not, get that. I get that from what you were saying. I'm not sure why you pulled out the the weird the weird accent for that one. I am not a good announcer, but Pretend the promotion a- code you need to enter is PHP Ugly. And how is long is like, that promotion code? Is, is it open promotion code? Or are there limited numbers? Please tell me there are li- limited numbers. <laughs> limited to the Three? first person to use it. First, Eric wants me to limit it to, to one person. Or one user. <laughs> All right, Thomas, open question. I, I think that's a great way to end the show. Do you guys know what shadow banning is? No. Shadow banning is a technique where a platform decides that it's less invasive to ban a user than it is to just pretend to ban a user. And this is something that's been going around the the trolling communities for a long time, where a shadow ban gives you the feeling that you are still contributing, but in fact you are not in any way actually okay. contributing. Uh, <laughs> on Reddit, if you're shadow banned, you'll leave a comment, but the comment doesn't show up for anybody. On Twitter, you will tweet, but no one will see your tweet. Uh, that kind of thing. Okay. And... I've noticed an interesting trend among my more conservative associates is that the conservative people are very, very concerned about shadow banning as a violation of their First Amendment rights, which, to state the obvious, it's not your First Amendment rights. Somebody else's platform is theirs. They can do whatever they want. Their issue is that they're being shadow banned, and they don't like it. (laughs) And liberal communities are not concerned with this in the slightest bit i'm hoping i'm kind of shadow banned from this episode and i just get taken out completely (laughs) like last episode yeah yeah just like that yeah i find it interesting that people who engage in trolling as a means of debate are the ones that are concerned that shadow banning is an actual problem so what's your question do you guys think shadow banning is bad or should when you ban somebody should you just tell them that they're banned the problem i think the reason shadow banning exists is obviously if you know you're banned 
most of the platforms you're speaking on are free to join, so you just join under a different account. Right. And that so, is that is the goal. Right. I'm more curious, if you're shadow banned, do you see your comments and your posts so you think you're still active? You do. Shadow banning is t- supposed to be totally invisible. You're not supposed to know that you're shadow banned. And I, I just, I found it interesting that, that the only people I've talked to about this or who were concerned about this as an issue of controlling speech on the internet were conservatives because the rhetoric, I think I, they were concerned. I think that's going to fluctuate with time though. I, I think that's because they're in power. I think in a different time frame where, uh, liberals are in power, they're going to be concerned about that. Kind well, but of that's thing. the question, though, is that the people doing the banning are the people in power. And and shadow bans are being applied to people who are spreading, quote-unquote, fake news or uh, well, that's what we Sandy hope, Hook conspiracy right? theories. I mean, it's the conspiracy theory people that are getting shadow banned. So, so wait a minute. Speaking... I mean, uh, sp- uh, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. What's the question, though? Is the question, is the practice of shadow banning, should it be allowed or not allowed, or is the is the question of shadow banning, you know, a certain group or a certain thought an issue? I mean, shadow banning it, as a as should a technique, shadow banning be allowed? Yes, why not? Or why or it or uh, is regard, it better? Regardless of what what the conversation is about, what's the alternative? Sh- shutting somebody down, let, like like John said, letting them know they've been shut down, and just having to address them again. I mean, we see this. In some of the public Slack channels that that we uh, we have to uh, monitor, where we ban people, and the moment they know, they know they're banned, they create a new account and they come back in. So yes, yeah, so shadow is, banning that's, perfectly perfectly reasonable approach to to handling trolls. That's it's an open Especially, question. You're not supposed to answer it. No, right I, I, now. I gave you I gave you the closed <laughs> answer. You're good. You're good. You don't you don't exactly. need a, you don't need to go any further. Okay. Anyways, so this is anyway. Nope. I want to go back. You said something about conspiracy theories. You know what's going to make me really, really sad? There was a flat Earth convention recently, and if they had more attendees than Wave PHP, I'm going to be really sad. What that is terrible with flat Earth you? recently? Everybody, talks I don't. I can't get into that. I can't get into it right now. I'll explain it next episode. <laughs> Why is this a thing all of a sudden? I it, don't it, get it. It just is. I'll explain it's it next. Over. I'll explain it next. Because episode. you get people, you get big names like Shaq that no, say they believe not it's Shaq. flat. Specifically, like, not Shaq. It, it, well, there was some NBA one of them. Yes, there was. It was a, there, it was a, a huge f- success. There's a few of them. Oh my god, this has been episode 115 of PHP Ugly. I'm Tom Rideout. <laughs> Wait, Tom is Tom is winding us down? I oh he's so bad. You know we've hit a threshold when Tom is wrapping up. I'm Eric Van Johnson. <laughs> I'm John Congdon. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.